rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 6.35 a.m. And you are listening to Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's Monday, the 17th of May. Good morning to all of you great people. We hope that you had a wonderful weekend. In fact, we hope that your face was among the faces that came out to our great one-year anniversary party at McCarty Mills. We had a really good time. As you know, last week on Tuesday, that was our one-year anniversary, but we celebrated on Friday at McCarty Mills, and it was a really, really good time. Thank you to everyone who came out. It was very special, and it really meant a lot to us. So you know that we go live on Facebook coming up this morning at 8 o'clock a.m., so get ready to tune in for another great episode of Good Morning Aurora, and we also have an interview for you guys today as well that we're sure that you will enjoy. All right, so let's get into some local headlines and talk about what's happening. Get ready because McCarty Mills is having their one-year anniversary as well. It'll be uh, the 20th this month through the 23rd. Special tappings, they're launching a membership program, music, food, and a whole lot more. So make sure that you come on out and support McCarty Mills, 140 South River Street in downtown Aurora. Okay, today is also the day that the ILRPP, Illinois Rent Protection Program, opens up. That application portal is now live. Uh, there are some requirements and stipulations. This is for landlords to receive uh, payment, but also the application has to be done in conjunction with tenants. So if you need help, you can contact the neighbor project and uh, they will be sure to help and connect you and steer you into the right direction. Okie dokie. So in addition to that, got some other stuff that I want to tell you guys about. And I'm going to make this quick because we're going to do the news. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. But our friends of, you know, excuse me, Chapel Street Church in Geneva, Thursday, June 3rd from 5 to 8 p.m. They're having a community resource fair. Free dinner, free haircuts, free cleaning supplies. Amongst the organizations that will be there will be uh, Batavia's United Way, Preschool Help at 211. Area Food Pantries, Northern Illinois Food Bank, Fox Valley Food for Health, Two Rivers Head Start, and Mutual Ground. Also, there will be health screenings, job search assistance, and a whole lot more. So please give a shout out and come out and support Chapel Street Church and their community resource fair. I think that's it for the news. I'm going to hold this news and I'm going to deliver it to the rest of our awesome uh, listenership here on Facebook. Thank you for everyone supporting the show. We are a year old and we hope that this Monday brings you a very positive and successful week. And that is the news. How was your weekend? Busy, busy. What'd you do? <sighs> Getting uh, just working, working this 5K, working this event, mm-hmm. connecting with community. Um, we, we, my husband and I bought a house. Um, okay. Uh, uh, gosh, it will be when they're eight years. It's a historical home right there off of Lincoln Ave, and uh, and so you know every year you have to do the spring cleaning. You, I mean, you gotta, and uh, we gotta make the make doll it up over the you know the right. beginning of the summer. So. That was the that was the project. It was uh, 
getting it cleaned up. And our lot is like 11,725 square lot. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, we're able to, it looks pretty now. Isn't it a good thing being a homeowner, right? Oh my gosh, it's Congratulations a to you. Praise the Lord, I'm telling you. Um, and I think, which we will come to in the interview, I think when we're talking about, because you did a house party Correct. with TMP. Okay, right. And that was in like a year ago? Yes. Like last year? With the Neighbor Project, yeah. Okay. So today we have yourself, Uni Torres Camacho. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Aurora, uh, but my mom and dad had purchased a home in Oswego, so I was raised in Oswego. Okay. Back in the 70s, where there was only one Puerto Rican family, the Torres family. <laughs> <laughs> the Garcias and the, gosh, I can't remember, uh, and the Blakes. And so it was tough. Back in, you know, it, it wasn't diversified as it was today. So I feel like we were part of the pioneers, kind of broke ground right. for for the future generation of that community. What does that mean to you to be part of that um, that first group of a diverse community and looking into what it is today? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's challenging because who wants to who wants to be a trend center? Who wants to fight for the rights of uh, to be known, to be accepted, to be uh, respected right you know we have a, we, we our family the tourist family has a lot of honor you know uh, we came from humbling beginnings and right. so to be in a position where uh, my parents were able to be and purchase this brand new home in Oswego in the uh, Oswego Township it was an honor but uh, we didn't know that um, it was going to come with um, you know scrapes fights mm -hmm. and representing uh, to be there what was Aurora like growing up when you were young and then the transition into Oswego? What do you remember? Nice, beautiful stuff? Uh, repeat the question. What was, the, what was it like, what was Aurora like, you know, when you were young, born, and being a kid, and then what was Oswego like? Because I, I, we only know Oswego now. Yeah. And Aurora now. Oh, it wasn't like that. It was It was not like that. Well, talk about it. What was it like? Well, let me tell you. Um, my, it was uh, full of gangs back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, that time, it was just a lot of uh, violence in our community. And my, my and my parents had originally purchased a house in Aurora, but they wanted they didn't want us to be a part of that. So they ended up purchasing a home out there in, the, in, the, the, in Oswego. So that to get us away from that. Isn't it nice to look back on those as the, the past gone days? Yeah. Um, what was interesting though, um, it's like when you're in a community with Hispanics mm -hmm. and um, love, admiration, respect, and honor, and then go into a community where you're, the, you're, you're now, uh, you're not the majority. Mm -hmm. You know, you're only just a handful of people. Um, we didn't know that what the experience that we were going to have uh, it was going to make such a big impact. My father used to say, I remember, and so they, we were ridiculed. We were, um, as children, we fought. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if it, uh, I remember when I went to our uh, uh, five-year reunion, um, high school reunion, um, it was interesting to connect with, back with everybody, but... Uh, and I remember the, just the conversations among my peers in regards to the, you know, just all the, all the stuff that we had gone through and how we had to fight for respect. 
And it was interesting because they said, oh man, I'm sorry. I was a kid. Oh, I'm sorry. And so it was all this love, love, love. But when you're at that age and such a young, I mean, a young mind doesn't know. All we know is that, that we have to honor and respect ourselves. And one of the things, that, and so we had been in a lot of fights. I mean, we went through a lot of turmoil, the, my siblings and I, um, just to be accepted. Um, and so, and, um, and so uh, in that reunion, everybody was like, ah, oh, you don't want to mess with the Torres kids because we end up becoming bullies. We end up fighting for the rights to be there. And so it's just, I'm really glad that things have changed um, and now it's diversified. Growing up, what impact did your dad have in your life? You know, my father was, uh, my father's from Puerto Rico and he, my parents, my grandparents and my, uh, Jesse, well, I don't even know if Jesse was born. Yeah, he was born then. But my, they had sent my, my father here at a young age to get established. I think he was 15 when they sent him off over here to get a job, get established, get an apartment. And my father worked really hard and paid my whole family, my, my grandparents and my uncles to come and they flew them um, here to get established. So my father did that and he did that at a very young age. So that just shows you the pride, the integrity of um, having, having uh, a mindset and sticking with it and following through with it. Now your dad is Mr. Torres of, of, of this? Jesse, Jesse Torres is my uncle. He's, that's your uncle, okay. He's the, he's the youngest of, of the clan. All right, we're gonna, it's a little bit of a preview, you know, we're yeah. gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, um, I do wanna, I, I am interested though, because um, I do have friends who are Puerto Rican, a uh, bunch of friends in the Latino community. Mm -hmm. I would like to know are there differences in the experience of the Puerto Ricans, of the Puerto Rican community, and the Mexican community, and if or the you know other Latino, El Salvador and Honduras, whatever, are there differences in the experience here? Um, and if so, can you tell us about that? I think everybody. Ha I, I think everybody has a story. Okay. I think everybody has their experience. Okay. Um, being Hispanic, being not Caucasian, um, everybody goes through something. Right. So I, I believe that everybody um, has done some, has gone through something, and has t gone through the fight for the integrity and the honor to be heard and to be and and just to be respected. And so I respect all. Just me being um, Puerto and actually I'm Puerto Rican Mexi uh, Mexican. I'm yo soy mitad mitad. My mother was Mexican, my father was Puerto Rican. Mitad mitad, I call it. Mitad, okay. Mitad mitad. Right. I'm trying to learn on this show too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Um, um, so I, I think that anybody who is not Caucasian, honestly, has a story. Right. And had to go through some hoops and chains and hurdles to get to the point. And I think it to where they want to go. And I also think that it's because who we, who, who we were brought up with, our parents, our grandparents, and the pride. So, hey, and one of the biggest things my father used to say, they can't do it as a little girl. They can't do it as. And I would be, and we would be like, like, who are you? Okay. That's what it means in English. Who are you? And he embedded that in us, embedded that when we were young because he saw that what we were going through, um, and he's like, you, 
you stand strong. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that in all families, in all races, um, there's a sense of pride and upholding something that was instilled in them. I believe that. So you went to Oswego High School? Yes. All right. Um, graduate what year? Well, I didn't graduate. I ended up, okay. I, I ended up uh, quitting. Okay. And uh, I ended up getting my GED. Okay. Um, now, I want to... What year was that? That I got my GED mm -hmm. or I quit high school. What uh, GED year? Um, I was a rebellious child. <laughs> so I ended up... I ended up out of all the children, I ended up leaving home very young. Um, gosh, it was in the 80s. How young is very young? Uh, gosh, I... 15. And I left, I, and I went on my own. I ended up leaving with my boyfriend, who I ended up being my, my husband, and then became a widow with him. So, um, yeah, I mean, the choices that we make, right? Well, I left home at an early age, too, so yeah. I, I, I can dig it. Yeah, I, I just got tired of the fight. And, um, and you know, at, when you're an adolescent, you think you know it all, and you think I could do better. And because of the pride that was implemented, it was interesting, because, uh, because of the pride that was instilled in the integrity, I felt like I could do it. I could do it all. Right. And so that's what I did. And I, I vowed that I would never, you know how kids go back home, I had vowed to never go back, and I actually never did, and I was able to be um, successful. I made that with, with same, I told myself that same thing. I, I did go back home one time, but it was only just to get up, you know, the money for our new crib. I had moved from California <laughs> back, so yeah, yeah, I, I get, yeah, I yeah. totally feel you. So, yeah, felt I could do it on my own. So, Jesse the Law Torres' Boxing Club. Yeah. Now, let's talk about that. Jesse Torres is your uncle. Mm -hmm. What kind of man is he? You know, um, he, he's a humble guy, very humble. He he loves his community that I do know, and um, takes a lot of pride in the work that he's done. And he's, um, you know. Uh, you know, um, he's a well-rounded guy. He is, and he loves his community. He he sacrificed a lot. He sacrificed his family, his his time. Uh, you know, 27 years is a long time mm -hmm. to devote to community. And a lot of times, when you do that, you you know, you you, can, you know, we're human. We can't do it all, right? Right. So something has to give. And so him being the police officer, he was APD. He, um, you know, he sacrificed a lot for the work that he had done, the foundation he started. How did uh, the boxing club start? What's its origins? Gosh, I think it was the 1980s. Gosh, I don't have my date correct. I apologize. Maybe 1984, 85. Um, he was a police officer. We're in the location where he started his uh, the boxing club. Um, it was infested with gangs and violence, and so he... What area is this? This is uh, North, uh, North Union. Okay. North Union. And, um, and it was infested, and they, the Park District had this building um, that was, I think, uh, vacant, 
and um, they were gracious enough to let Jesse did come in and start a program. He was just the concept was keeping the punches where they belong. He just wanted the people. Um, he just wanted to have an avenue for people to come get um, get off the streets. All right. Now, what were his hours of operation? Was this an after school? It was that. Yeah. Okay. And it's been the same um, Monday through Friday. Forgive me, Monday through Thursday, five to eight. This is the hours of operation. When it started, was there an idea it would last this long? I think I, I think um, because for many of those years he was a one man team, and so um, I think over the years. And those who jumped on board, I, I think if he would have done it by himself, I probably, because it takes a team to work with the village, mm -hmm. right? And so many of us had jumped on board years ago, um, saw the vision, saw the mission, mm -hmm. and, joined, and joined the team. How many people are on the uh, team for the club? Well, uh, as far as, we have a board. Okay. Uh, we're, we are a 501c3, a nonprofit organization. Uh, we have a board that's been established for such a, many, many years. We've got probably about, gosh, maybe seven or seven on board. Okay. Yeah. I think, and um, so is that where you learn how to box at the club? Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> everybody learned how to box at Jesse's club. Um, now, I had heard, going back, I had heard that, um, I'd heard about the club. I had never been there, anything like that. I had heard that there was a, a former police officer named Jesse Torres, and he opened a boxing club. Yeah. That was years ago. That was like over 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, to, and to hear it and to see this Memorial Day 5K, which we're going to talk about as well, to see it still around makes me happy because I, I don't feel like there's been too many new things coming up with youth. Mm -hmm. Right? I haven't seen too many new opportunities. Is, is, is that a fair statement? It seems like there's only been Jessica Law Torres' boxing club in Aurora for a long time. Well, you know, over the years, uh, with so many uh, I've saw, and that's why one of the things why I purchased, I wanted to purchase a house in here in Aurora, because the mission is in Aurora, right? Right. And so, um, I've seen over the years where all these different collaborations, um, there's great organizations out there that have done, are, are, are making an effort to touch the community right. in so many different levels. I think with us, with our club, what makes us so unique is that we, we, we normally work with, not only with adults and um, elderly and Parkinson's, and, um, but we work with kids who really um, need an outlet. We work with the what, like specifically with our. Uh, we have an after-school program called Rural City Life, because over the years we've evolved. We used Aurora to be, City Alive. Aurora City Life is an after-school program specifically working with high-risk kids. Now let me tell you something, Curtis. Mm -hmm. This uh, um, I've seen more revolving doors of volunteers working with these kids, who and. Um, who I don't, you know, uh, working with high-risk kids, it's a challenge. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of prayer. And, um, and not everybody can do it. 
And that's something that I've been honored, me, me coming on board in 07 and helping Jesse get us, working with the team to get established, to creating certain programs that be, because, you know, uh, I mean, we would get conversations and calls with the alternatives, go, hey man, we've got all these kids. You know, they're, they're, it's like a, a, a three-tier system. Right. Can, can you guys create something with these with these hardcore kids? Because, or you know, we're ready, you know, they're not doing anything, kind of waiting right. for the time. Oh, 18, I'm out. Right. So we created, we, uh, we structured Aurora City Live, working those with the specific kids. And, it, 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 and it's challenging. Um, one, because we can't get enough volunteers to help with because it's so I mean it's a lot of work. What do the volunteers need what's the uh what's the job description? What do volunteers need to do? Oh you gotta have you gotta have a backbone. Let's just start <laughs> <laughs> You gotta have Jesus in your heart because yeah. you're gonna need his How much will it cost? Guts. <laughs> I mean that's all I gotta say. Right. You know, because it's uh, um it could be challenging. And I mean that's the work, right? Mm -hmm. It's um and so uh, programs like that that we've created over the years that I'm so, so proud of. Um, the programs, we have another program called, it's a, a Rocksteady, it's a, a Rocksteady program that works specifically with Parkinson's. We found out years ago that not only um, boxing fights the manifestation, it slows down the progression. Right. It gives them a newness of life. So we were able to, I'm like, oh man, well, let's figure this out. We, we went to Indianapolis got educated, adopted the program, we brought it in, and uh, we've been able to see such transformations in people who have Parkinson's. It's a powerful thing. And so, I mean, we're, I'm really, really proud of these programs. I really am. Yeah. Now, Brenda Pasco, yeah. who is who I, who our conversation started with, yeah. who is she and what does she do? She, uh, Brenda, which you're supposed to be here with me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she, uh, she's a darling. She is our marketing director for, um, she's part of the board. All right, good. And uh, she is the one, She, you know, she's the one that connects us to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what she is. She's our marketing director. She does a great job. You know, and here's the thing, too. When, when I saw, because she sent an email, I think, I think it started with, I think she sent a message to Instagram and then followed with email information. Yeah, I was happy to do it. Anything that's positive and is helping young people to stay out of trouble, we're happy to, to shout it out. So that's, that is actually good to know. Shout out, Brenda. All right. You're supposed to be here. Right. Now, let's see here. Memorial Day 5K United We Strive. That's going to be, that's been in our news role for a while now. I've been saying that on the morning news Thank for a minute now. No that. doubt. No doubt. Yep. Um, 29th at Wabonzi Park, 8 a.m. All proceeds benefit the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Jesse the Law Boxing Club. Correct. All right. So uh, this this uh, 5K is really, really important to us. Um, and um, we're, we're about two weeks in until um, May 29th. I am about, uh, our goal was to get 100, 100 participants. Okay. And our goal was to, it was $10,000. Mm -hmm. um, so we're halfway with our participants and we're halfway with our funding. So I would, you know, I would love to take this opportunity to, man, if I can get, you know, 
Jesse was APD. I would love. I need help. Like I, I need volunteers. So, uh, I need volunteers. I would love to get uh, the uh, APD involved. You know, I would love to get these people who uh, who love Jesse. And you know, I'm I'm the talking to the face. I'm up front. And let me tell you something. I would rather have Jesse be here. Um, but he, he, we need we need our we we need the community help. Um, we haven't seen anybody in such a long time. We've right. been closed for such a long time. Right. And so this is an opportunity so that we can not only connect and say hello and um, and have fun and um, be safe. Obviously, uh, CDC we're following CDC guidelines and obviously things are lifting right. by the day. Thank God, praise God. Um, but we would love to see our community support. Not, I mean, again, I mean, I am maybe the spokesperson for Jesse, but uh, um, I wish he was here. Um, but I, you know, how is he? He's getting old, man. He's getting... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he is. Uh, he's doing well. He's anxious to get back to boxing. He's anxious to um, work with the kids that I do know. And so I hope and pray that this works out. Um, I hope and pray that we'll be able to get back into the building. Now, there's, um, and per CDC guidelines, which you were talking about, there are two options. People can run it virtually That's right. on their own That's right. time and accord, or they can join the team out there that morning. That's right. Okay. And and so, yes, and so be it. And we're going to be at the Wabonzi Lake Park, which is such a beautiful part that the park district owns. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's dirt show. It's last year we did it. We This was our second annual 5K run. Last okay. year we did it. We did it in May. And the concept was because we were concerned that people weren't moving. You know, people, we were isolated. Right. So the concept was, let's just get them off their butts, off the couch. I mean, go yeah, back. Yeah, use your up. legs again. Yeah, right. go, go do something. And, you know, we, we did well. Um, our goal is double. Uh, now that we have the opportunity to see people's faces, man, I would love to see them. Jesse mm -hmm. would love to see them. And so, um, and so, yeah, so, again, this, this, this is kind of like, I call it like a, a, a reunion of community. Right. Have it come out, come and support. If you haven't registered, you can. You could even register at the site. We have a team of people going to be able to do that for us. Um, but we're hoping for a good turnout. That's the goal. How long was Mr. Torres a police officer for? I believe he was like twenty-five years. Twenty-five yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. In twenty-five years, um, he was in the APD. He was so ready to get out. <laughs> really? really? Oh yeah. Um, he was. He was done. Um, but um, he, uh, you know, uh, and he appreci he appreciates the brotherhood of uh, community in his APD, you know, people. So I hope they come and um, help him um, through this. I hope so. Yeah. Um. What does America mean to you? Freedom of speech. Freedom to be heard. Uh, freedom to own oneself and freedom to not be judged. What's wrong with America? We fight against the very things that we want. It's like we want everybody, you know, we want people to share their truth and then, they, then you get whiplashed for doing that. 
Tell yeah. me what you feel. Then you tell it. And I mean, I, I believe that. Um, you know, if when you if, when you own integrity, I love God. I've been a Christ follower for a long time. In my I, I've been in ministry. Um, in the mentoring industry for 17 years. I worked in national love, uh, level for um, a Christian organization, uh, regional level, helping kids find mentors. It, it, that's my forte. That's my long, 17 years is a long time to help kids get mentors. And one of the things that I've learned mm -hmm. is that no matter, as much as you want it, as much as you, all that you put, all this effort, I mean, it takes a team. It takes community. And if you don't get the support of that community, it's like when you work with the families and you have, I mean, the stories I have in regards to working with kids and, you know, you have, I mean, you're working with them and you're working with them and you, you and, uh, and then you, I mean, the 10 steps forward, but then they have to go back to the dynamics of the home, which is probably 95% single moms. Right. Who has to work three jobs? Don't have the patience. It's a, it's work to be a parent. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and it's trial and error. And so I think. It, uh, and, and so and then, and then the kids end up going, and because of the dynamics of the home and the brokenness, and then it's like 17 steps back. Right. So I think a lot of time things are like that, and I think. One of my things that I have a special needs son. His name is Isaac. We call him the president. He wanted to come. I should have had him come. You should have had him come. I, I should have had him because he's like, I want to go. I, he could have been right here. I just mm -hmm. like no, Isaac. Um, you know, he has so many high risks. Well, you got a, you got a part two in your future, so it's all good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, what up? <laughs> I'll tell Isaac would have been. Like, I, I, he's gonna be disappointed. Uh, but. Uh, you know, you got to stand your truth. You got to mm -hmm. do what is right. And some things may be construed wrong. Some things may be, um, you know, people say that we're open to communication, but are we? You know, sometimes things get construed, and um, and then end up falling. You know, you end up falling in your face. Right. And it happens to all. So, you know, and what, what Isaac said is, yesterday he was telling me, he goes, uh, we're winners. He loves God, too. He's like, oh, no, we're winners. And what, do you understand, Mom? Say it with me, Mom. We're winners. And I'm like, it came out of the blue. I said, I must have been from Jesus. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm a winner. I'm a winner, Lord. Yes, I'm He's like, we don't get, uh, I said, winners are not quitters. I was like, man. The Holy Spirit talks to that boy, and that's and you know if we can stay focused on that, um, um, stay focused on the mission, help people, stay on purpose on the what we work, and and when you come through obstacles, head up high. And uh, and 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 do what you've been called to do, and keep you know, so. Who are, some of or who was your. Strongest mentor? Who's your biggest mentor? Well, that's a great question. Her name was Linda Gates. When we were, my family and I lived in, uh, in Oswego Township. Uh, I was going to Long Beach School. And uh, again, being the only Hispanics, she saw the need in our family. And she became this uh, provision, just this powerhouse lady. 
And because we were so insecure because of the color of the skin, I mean, I liked it. A Motown, everybody liked it. Pat Benatar, you remember? Oh, everybody, yeah. I remember yeah. all that. Elvis. That's what I'm saying. You're like Marvin Gaye. <laughs> That's right. So it, it's just a transition. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and she saw that we would, specifically me, that I would be so intimidated um, and not put the effort. A lot of times, with, and that happens with kids, about not believing in oneself, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something to be taught. I mean, that's something that we work with all of our, you know, all of our days. And um, and but she saw the need. She's like, and you know, she's telling me, you need to get out of your way. And um, and she was uh, such a crucial part of that time. And that she and let me tell you something. So I was with her for uh, first grade to fifth grade. This is how much teachers teachers are making an impact. That's why it's important what they say be truth. And, and be compassionate, have empathy for these kids, even though if you don't know how to communicate with them. Still love on them because that is the call of God. And so um, this woman did that. And then after fifth grade, I haven't seen her. And so I got married, you know, life went on, and then I ended up becoming a widow. And when I became a widow, which was, by the way, it was my number one prayer that I didn't want, you know, my parents had divorced, we, we became an at-risk family. And so, uh, every, when I became a widow at the age of 26, my kids five, six, and nine, my oldest special needs being nine years old, uh, everything, because I was, was such a broken time in my life, but as everything that woman had said came foolish in my mind. I, had, I did not remember anything about her um, all those years until that happened. Very interesting, isn't it? And so, um, and that had put instilled in me. Now my kids are, they're, you know, what they consider at rest now, right? Single families. It doesn't matter. High risk in the mainstream is divorced, single parent, right? But it doesn't matter where, how you, but you only have one parent household. You're a high risk kid now, which is, you know, that's another conversation. So, um, um, but this, so all I, all I wanted to do was like, oh man, I gotta find a mentor for these kids, and so that began my journey uh, in the mentoring industry because I wanted to help my children get a mentor because I knew I was gonna be happy short of a song, and I knew that I was not gonna be able to do it by myself. So um, God made the way for that. My kids were able to get mentors. Just, I mean, that's another. But uh, uh, let me tell you something. She made an impact on my life. So, the last question I have for you. Yeah. Is um, it's what I planned. It's actually the first question I planned to ask you when I met you. I wrote everything. I wrote this one first, and I came up with the rest of the stuff. Um, being a woman of faith, yeah. What is your driving principle? That uh, we live for purpose. Um, I don't believe in luck. Okay. You said that right. You said that right before, before I clicked the camera on. That's right. Interesting. See, I knew this was a good question. Go ahead. <laughs> we have to live for. Life is for purpose. We're not here. You know, no matter what story you have, no matter who you are, 
no matter what the circumstances is. We are all made for purpose and being, being called to do so. And I believe that um, Christ, I, I, because He is my Savior, and I, I mean, even uh, moving, like once it's time I close the books on the boxing, I'm going, I'm going into seminary school. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm ready. That's my second, that's my second, uh, my second uh, life moving forward. But um, um, we have to live for purpose, Curtis. It's, it's not for ourselves. We got to give. Your life is not your own. And this, with all the selfies and so much, I, 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 life has changed. It's not the same how it used to be. It's not as simple as it used to be. We now have to help people stay focused, not only to um, to build people up that they can, because uh, people need to be built up, but that also uh, be an example of that. So, what's next for Uni Camacho and Jesse the Law Torres's boxing club? Oh man. For me, I know in the future, I said, I, I have made a decision. I don't know how long I've, you know, I've written with Jesse since 07. It's a long time. So, but I'm 50, like I said. And so I, you know, I have been giving and giving and giving on a personal level. Oh, gosh. 20 years. And, and, and it's all been volunteer work. So I think at this time, I really I like to shift. And I have, I... I see myself going back to school and going to seminary school, and um, and um, and major in communications. <laughs> I gotta learn how to talk. <laughs> I gotta learn how to communicate, Curtis. <laughs> I think the communication. But I don't think you'll have too much trouble. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't know. I don't know. But I, you know what? I, I want to help save salts. I mean, I want. I want my, my yeah. I'm 15. I want. I'm gonna move in that direction. I'm going back to school. So um, how am I gonna, how long am I gonna stay with Jesse? I don't know, but I'd like to get him established. I'd like to get him back in the building where he had been for 27 years, because he loves that community. And so I hope for Jesse, um, for Jesse Torres. I hope he does. I'm hoping that he'll be able to get there, in that building where he had been working for so long, and sacrificed so much. Um, you know, and, and work with the community that he loves. So, and that's all I know. That's where we at. The show ends on a positive note. What is your message today for the people of Aurora? <sighs> I love you. <laughs> um, listen, life is short. So many misunderstandings and so many different, so what I want to say to you guys is that I hope and pray that you guys can um, support Jesse, support Jesse in the work that he's doing. He wants to get back into that building. And uh, I hope he does. And let me just tell you, um, all the years that I've worked with uh, this community, man, we love you. I think you guys are amazing people. And I've had the opportunity to work with the most, uh, Park District, 
Hey, they're rock stars. You know, uh, people, the people that support Juan, Juani Garza, you know, Judd. Um, love shirt. Oh, love shirt. I mean, rock star. Like uh, um, Pastor Cindy Galvin, um, who's been such a support system. Peace House. Peace House. Oh. Dude, one of our, dude, one of our, um, one of our programs that we have is for, is a women's group for the moms of the ACL program, and that's where we partner up with Cindy, Pastor Cindy, and I tell you what, she's like one of my best friends. I, I love that woman, so I just pray that we, um, moving forward, I pray that we be able to just, um, help find your find your purpose, and um, and let's do this all together. Let's move forward. Well, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we want to say thank you very much for speaking to us. We appreciate you sharing your story with us, and we are proud to be supporters. Thank you so of much. Of yourself, the Taurus family, and the, um, and the boxing club. Thank you so much. We wish you guys the very best. For all of you guys out there, please support Jesse the Law Taurus' boxing club. And do not forget that May 29th is the Memorial 5K run. Yes. United we stand. Stride. Stride. My bad. And the reason why we said that is because we haven't seen anybody. Right. So, hey, man, let's all connect. Mm -hmm. let, let's sing Kumbaya together. Right. You know, let's sing Kumbaya together. All right. Well, this was a great episode, and all of you guys have a blessed, powerful, and positive day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for more great news. Peace. Peace.